welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your coach, Jess, bringing you a magical experience to help you release the weight from your body and soul. As 2022 is winding down, it's supposed to be the most magical time of the year, but sometimes it can feel anything but magical. Extra expenses, extra events, extra stress, extra grief for the people we've lost, extra food and sugar everywhere, extra emotional eating. I can help. This is what I care so much about, helping you have the real self-care of designing a life that you don't need to numb out from. So I decided I wanted to feel and share the magic of generosity and make some of my normally paid resources completely free until the end of 2022. My self-care keto holiday guide, normally priced at $19, is completely free. It'll help you design a holiday that you love because it's your holiday too. You don't have to resign yourself to stress, exhaustion, deprivation, discomfort, and shame this holiday season. Go get your free download at bit.ly slash self-care keto holiday. I also usually offer a different mindset class each month priced at $22, but this month it's completely free and it's a class on how to reduce your emotional eating by meeting the real unmet needs you have where food is just playing a substitute. You can get that class at bit.ly slash meeting my own needs. The links for both are in the show notes. On the podcast, we're doing an emotional eating series, all about how to reduce our emotional eating by addressing our unmet needs and unset boundaries. I'm sharing some previously recorded Instagram lives on this topic, so you might hear some dated references or notice me engaging with someone in the chat. This content is so transformative, and I know you're going to love it. So listen in, and I'll see you on the other side. Today, we're going to be talking about the fourth reason why we struggle to set boundaries, and this will be wrapping it up. Um, This will be the last reason that we're talking about, although I'm sure there's so many more reasons than these four reasons, Um, but these are some of the most common ones that I've encountered. And today, um, what I want to focus on is the reason why we don't set boundaries is because we have low self-worth. And I recently heard this Dr. Phil quote, and he said that we create the results that we believe we deserve. And man, that just really hit me pretty hard. And I think that that's so true. Um, Another quote that I recently was reading um, in Marie Forleo's uh, newest book um, called Everything is Figure Outable, awesome book, you should check it out. But she said, our beliefs determine our destiny. So we create the results that we believe that we deserve. If we have low self-worth, then we're not going to create um, a great result for ourselves because we're basically going to be having the bar set very, very low in terms of what we think we um, deserve from the universe, from other people, um, from ourselves. And so that's what's going to end up happening in our lives unless we can raise the bar and believe that we do deserve more than that, that God does want better for us than that, that we want better for us than that, and that we actually deserve that. So we've been talking about emotional eating and maybe you're watching, you're like, okay, who is this girl, the keto fit weight loss coaching for women? Why are we talking about uh, boundaries, right? So it all relates together because you want to lose weight. Okay, so let's just say that you're on a weight loss journey and you know what to do, right? Everybody knows what to do. All the information is available for free on the internet if you don't know what to do. So why don't we do it? Well, because we lack the long-term motivation, right? So we might get, um, you know, really inspired for the short-term burst, right? And then we fall off the wagon over and over and over again. And so if you can relate to this and you're, you know, probably just beating yourself up, like what the heck is wrong with me? Okay. 
So there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that we haven't gone deep enough yet. And this is what I love to do with my clients is get down to the root of the issue, which is our beliefs. So we're multi-layered individuals. And when we normally, we approach weight loss, we want to get a different result, meaning we want to be at a lower weight on the scale or a lower body fat percentage or whatever it is that you are focusing on. And so that's the result that you want is to be at a lower weight. And so the layer right below results is our behavior. So, okay, I will change my behavior and I will get different results. Correct, you will. Um, but you can only change your behavior for so long using willpower, white knuckling it, um, just being super intentional and trying to um, push yourself to do something that's not coming naturally to you, right? And so that's why we fall off over and over again because it's not in alignment with our underlying beliefs. That this is called self-sabotage, right? And we've experienced it over and over and over again. So underneath the layer of our behavior is our thoughts and our feelings. And then at the very core of who we are is our beliefs. So if we can change our beliefs, then we will change our behavior long-term effortlessly with ease and flow. We are all operating on autopilot out of our beliefs and we don't even think about it. It's easy. It flows naturally because that's what we believe. And so if you have low self-worth and don't believe that you deserve any better than to um, tolerate whatever it is that you're tolerating in terms of um, the negativity in your life or the way that people are treating you, or um, having to work 80 hours a week or taking the brunt of responsibility in your family dynamics and relationships, whatever it is that's causing you these negative emotions of guilt, shame, fear, frustration, resentment, um, exhaustion, all of these things, these emotions are what are causing us to emotionally eat, self-soothe with food. Emotionally eating is what is throwing off our weight loss goals really, but at the root of that is our beliefs that are throwing off our weight loss goals. If we can get down to the root of that and change our beliefs, then we can change the whole game. We can change everything for good and our behaviors will flow more naturally. Our self-care behaviors will flow in alignment. And that's really what this journey of weight loss is supposed to be all about. It's not about um, punishing ourselves or trying to change ourselves out of not feeling good enough or trying to look hot in a bathing suit by the summer trip that we're taking or whatever it might be. It is actually the practice of taking care of ourselves for the rest of our lives through the foods that we eat and through um, moving our body in a healthy way and a celebration of our body and really through everything else in our lives, through our relationships, through the goals that we're pursuing, through our careers and whatever else that we have going on in our lives, right? So, but we create the results that we believe that we deserve. And so if we have low self-worth, then we're going to continue to be stuck in this prison of what we've been taught that we deserve or what we believe that we deserve. And just being the human, we would rather stick with the safety of the familiar than to actually change our limiting beliefs to get a different result. And so that's normal, that's fine, that's just being a human, we crave the familiar. Um, so what we're trying to do when we emotionally eat is actually to feel good or to feel better. We're experiencing a negative emotion. I don't want to feel this way. And one of the things that I hear people say all the time, I ask, I ask my clients, what is the thought that you had right before you ate that thing? And usually the thought is I deserve this. And then I like to ask, okay, well, what did you deserve? Do you deserve punishment or did you deserve pleasure? What, what was it that you were actually trying to do? Sometimes 
we can be self-aware enough to realize actually, yeah, I think it was that I was trying to punish myself. I think that I was just disappointed in myself or resentful towards myself for allowing this negative situation for me to be in it and not to speak up for myself or not to do anything about it. And so maybe I was punishing myself. Or sometimes it really is that we're trying to feel good. There's a situation that just legitimately sucks. Maybe we really are doing the best that we can do. Maybe we are speaking up for ourselves. Maybe we are, um, you know, trying our best to set boundaries and be a healthy individual in the midst of this situation. And it still stinks. And so we're trying to feel good. But the result is not actually that we feel good. We're not feeling good. We're feeling familiar. The emotional eating is feeling familiar. And so one of the things that I have found to be very helpful with emotional eating is to say, okay, you're allowed to eat this, but we're not going to do it on autopilot. We're going to be fully present for it. We're going to ritualize it almost because what I do when I emotionally eat is I am usually watching a TV show that's like a very comforting, you know, I've seen this show a million times or whatever, but it just brings me comfort in the sense of it's familiar, right? So I'm watching this old familiar show and I'm eating these old familiar foods and I'm not actually feeling good. I'm feeling familiar. And so we're not actually doing what it is that we intend to do, which is to feel good. Instead, we're just settling for feeling familiar. Um, and that is enough to um, change our state, right? Because whatever it is that we're experiencing that's a negative emotion is unfamiliar, not a safe feeling, not definitely not a good feeling, but it's an unfamiliar feeling. I don't want to feel this way. I don't like this state. So I'm going to change my state by creating familiarity, going back to what I know feels safe and comfortable through watching this TV show that I like to watch and eating these foods that are familiar to me to eat. Every time I self-soothe, I tend to go to the same foods because they're familiar. But am I actually truly enjoying it? Am I truly feeling good when I'm eating it? No, it's not actually good. It's just familiar. And so if you want to truly feel good, then whatever it is that you're eating, be present with it. Turn off the TV, let yourself actually have it and fully savor it. And guaranteed, you're not going to eat nearly as much. And then you'll probably realize, I don't even like this this much. This doesn't actually taste that good. And so that's a great learning opportunity to ask yourself, well, if I want to feel good, what would actually feel good? Because this doesn't actually feel good. It just feels familiar. So what would feel good? Because you do deserve to feel good. You deserve more than to just feel familiar. You deserve to feel actually good. So tap into that place, which is what you're actually trying to do, is to say, I deserve better than this. You're damn right you deserve better than this, right? You deserve better than to deal with these sucky emotions day after day after day. You deserve better than to be treated the way that you're being treated and tolerating. You deserve better, right? You deserve to feel good. So think of yourself, this is really difficult for us a lot of times because we tend to just undervalue ourselves beneath everybody else in our lives. And where does this come from? This is what we've been taught. Um, overtly, uh, meaning somebody literally said it out loud to you, like, all you're ever going to be is this. Okay, that's horrible. Like, but legitimately, some people, some of us have had things like that said to us. Um, and so overtly or 
covertly or implicitly instead of explicitly. Um, the way that our parents treated us, the way that we were only given attention or only praised when we performed or when we told a joke or when we were helpful, whatever it might be. So we internalize these beliefs as a child and we think I'm only as good as my next performance. I'm only as good as being perfect all the time. Um, I'm, and I'm only lovable in these situations. I'm only lovable when I'm helpful to mom and dad. And so I'm just going to be as helpful as I possibly can. I'm going to be people pleasing. I'm going to make my needs as small as possible, right? So we all have developed some type of toxic or limiting belief surrounding our self-worth. And usually it comes from childhood and that's every single person under the sun. So the journey of self-care is to start to explore some of these underlying beliefs and to ask ourselves, wait, is this actually true? Do I want to hold on to this belief? Because the belief is down there and we're on autopilot. And we have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And it's basically our brain's filter. There's so much stimulation, stimuli coming into our brains at any given moment of the day that it's just too much for to focus on, right? We need to be able to focus on what's important and not focus on what's not important. It's a survival mechanism. And so our brains do this automatically through this filtering process called the reticular activating system. And so the beliefs that we hold about ourselves, which are just way down deep, we don't even think about it. It's built into our childhood programming about what we believe about the world, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about other people, so on and so forth. We don't even consciously think about it, yet it is the filter through which we see the world and our reticular activating system is constantly saying, this is relevant, remember this, this lines up with the beliefs that we already have. So confirmation bias is something that we all as humans are constantly dealing with and we like it because it feels familiar. Oh, I know this, this lines up with this, right? And anything that is unfamiliar, um, we deem to be irrelevant and we literally, our brain just deletes it. Like we don't even consciously notice it. So here's a um, really simple, example is um, let's just say that you want to uh, buy a new car. You need to get a new car and you decide that you are going to buy a blue sedan. And so all of a sudden you're out on the road and for the first time ever, you're noticing all of these blue sedans everywhere. And you're thinking, whoa, like where do all these blue sedans come? Are there really more blue sedans on the road than there were before? Or is it just that your brain is now noticing it? It's the second, it's the latter. It's just that your brain is now noticing it because you have primed your reticular activating system to say, this is relevant to me now. And so now you're noticing it. Previously, you never even noticed it in your conscious awareness before. But now your brain is doing you a favor and saying, hey, this is relevant, let's line this up with this thing. So the good news here is that even though these beliefs are unconscious and even though you've taken them on without ever really being aware of them, the good news is that you can rewire your brain. You can take on a new belief and your reticular activating system will get to work once you've primed it to looking for evidence in your daily life to support this new belief instead of just constantly stacking up evidence to support the old belief that is not serving you, that is not true. So if the old belief is, I'm gonna use a personal example um, surrounding my journey with my body and my weight. Um, so if the old belief for me was, here's what I was taught as a child. Um, you have a slow metabolism, which to me, I didn't even understand what the heck that meant as a kid. So I was taught that I have a slow metabolism. And what I heard was there's something wrong with me. 
So, okay, well, why don't other people have a slow metabolism? Why is it me? You know, so there's something wrong with me. My body is broken. My body is against me. These are, this is the belief that I internalized surrounding that. Um, and so whenever I would approach trying to take care of my body, I would have this internalized belief that my body is actually fighting against me. So I'm at war with my body and I have to not listen to my body and basically like feed it into submission, right? Because my body's not doing me any favors. I have to win against my body. So dieting or eating differently always felt like a war zone. It was like me against my body instead of me cooperating with my body and looking at it like my body wanted to be at a healthy weight. No, I never, <laughs> I would never think that. I would think my body is against me, right? Um, another belief that I took on as a child was all the women in my family, you know, we'd be at a, at a family get together. All the women are talking in the kitchen. And of course, as a little girl, I wanted to be surrounding that. And I hear women talking about their bodies, criticizing their bodies, uh, talking about what kind of diet that they're doing and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I remember my mother saying to me, like, look around. This is what the women in our family look like, making jokes about it. Like we have thunder thighs or we have junk in the trunk or whatever it might be. And so I would look around at the other women in my family who were mainly all of them were overweight and their bodies looked like mine um you know more overweight because obviously i was a child but the same shape of the body and so on and so forth and i was like okay well no matter what i do because look at all these women who basically are trying to change their bodies they're all dieting they're all doing these efforts to um try to improve their bodies and yet all of us look like this. And so I internalized this belief, like no matter what you do, your DNA basically is controlling the show here. Like this is your destiny. You're going to look like this no matter what you do. And so again, this is a, this is a belief that I internalized. And so that's the result that I believed that I deserved. And I literally didn't think that anything was different, like possible, right? Until I was able to start to get down and do the mindset work that I'm talking about doing here. Um, when I started my keto journey, um, I mean, it completely changed the game for me in terms of suppressing my cravings, suppressing my appetite, giving me mental energy, um, felt so much food freedom for the first time in my life. And I was no longer consumed with thoughts about food, counting calories all day, the amount of mental energy that I had to expend on this every single day of my life lifted. And I started examining my relationship with food in my body as I was losing weight, as I was actually seeing weight fall off that I didn't think ever could. And so previously I thought, well, I just want to lose 10 pounds as fast as possible. Right. And so I started it as a quick fix. Well, I saw those 10 pounds go off and I thought, whoa, like how much weight could I actually lose? what, what is possible for me? Instead of just thinking like, this is, this is as high as I'll, I'm ever going to go. This is the lid here. This is the, the limiting belief that I had for myself surrounding my body and my weight. And that was there. And for the first time, because I had enough mental energy to start to examine it and do this mindset work, that's how I was able to change my relationship with food and my body and my weight and the beliefs that I held about this. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping other women to do this as well. So we create the results that we believe that we deserve. We have low self-worth because of the messages that we've internalized from our childhood. 
our reticular activating system is helping us to be on autopilot and to literally look, uh, delete information that proves those beliefs not to be true, even though there's information out there that contradicts it. Exactly. We're not seeing it. We're not thinking about it. And our reticular activating system is looking everywhere in the environment to support the beliefs that we already hold about ourselves. See, you don't deserve any better than this. See, nothing's ever going to change. See, no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to change anything. You might as well settle for this, whatever it might be. And so your brain is constantly reinforcing that limiting belief that you hold. But the good news is that you can rewire your brain. You can teach your brain a new belief. And what I like to do is to take on affirmations. And this is the way that you prime your reticular activating system. So instead of uh, basically punishing ourselves or at least feeling familiar with emotional eating. We want to actually feel good. So the belief that we can take on about ourselves is to say, I eat foods that make me feel truly good. And to practice this every single day, whether you want to write this down in a journal every single morning, whether you want to put a note card um, you know, somewhere where you're going to see it every morning while you're getting ready, brushing your teeth. If you want to like write it with a marker on your mirror so that you see it every day, um, or you want to just say it out loud to yourself in the shower every morning, like there's a lot of different ways that you can practice, um, this new belief. But if you do it consistently and consistency is the key, but if you do it consistently every single day, then now your brain is going to get to work looking for evidence in your daily life of this being true, because we want, um, to support, these uh, beliefs that we're holding about ourselves. We don't want to have cognitive dissonance that doesn't feel good when our reality is not matching up against the beliefs that we hold. So that's how we're actually manifesting a new reality is by um, saying these affirmations and then your brain will automatically get to work to keep you in alignment with that belief. So when you say every day, I eat foods that make me feel truly good and you've practiced that in the morning and then you have a negative emotion later on in the day and you feel that familiar compulsion to emotionally eat, well, you're going to remember, you're going to say, wait, is this actually going to make me feel truly good? Or is this just going to make me feel familiar? And ritualize it. Refuse to just go into familiarity because you deserve better than familiar. You deserve to actually feel good, not just to feel familiar. And so don't watch TV while you're doing it. Take out the food that you planned to eat that you think is going to make you feel good, that you desire for it to make you feel good and eat it consciously be present with it, eat it slowly, truly savor it. And then stop when you're done feeling good because guaranteed it's going to feel good for like a minute. Right. But then the more that it's like the first bite of ice cream tastes amazing. But then by the time you're eating the fourth, fifth, you know, 10th, whatever, usually it doesn't even taste as good anymore, but we're just doing it because we're on autopilot. We're watching that same familiar television show or whatever it might be. And so you're not feeling good. You're just feeling familiar and familiarity is making you feel a little bit safer and, and getting you out of that negative state. So it's working, but it's not working because it's not making you feel truly good, which is what you want. And then afterwards, of course, you're not feeling good. You're feeling horrible, right? So, um, Practice the affirmations that you want to set for yourself that contradicts the belief that you hold about your low self-worth. So think of the person who you love and respect more than anybody else in the world. So maybe for you, that's a your, your kid or your kids. Maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's um, a mentor that you really look up to or whatever. And try to treat yourself at least as well as you treat that other person. So an affirmation that you could practice is, I treat myself with the same love that I give to my kids. Okay, 
when you are a, a new mom and you're giving your baby baby food for the first time, you're very, very careful about what you give your baby. You're, you're not, you want to be very careful because you know that that, how it's going to make the baby feel. If you give the baby too much sugar, they're not going to be able to sleep that night. And of course that's going to ruin your life, right? But we're very, very careful about the way that we um, treat people that we love with just that supreme unconditional love. We think of others as more important than ourselves. And so it's very difficult. I know when you have low self-worth to try to love yourself um, more than you love other people. And so that feels wrong. That feels weird. But to try to tell yourself, I treat myself with the same love that I give to my kids. At one point you were a kid. You were so precious and loved, um, by your parents, I hope. But if you weren't, you were still so deserving of that because you were perfect and pure and you, you still are, you still have that inner child in there. So at what point did you stop deserving that? Is it because of something that you did or something that you went through, something that happened to you? None of that is obviously true, that that has somehow diminished what you are worthy of, the love that you are worthy of. So when you realize that, you know, is this true? No, I, I deserve that same love that I'm giving to my child. And I'm going to treat myself with the same love that I give to my kids. Another really great affirmation to practice is to say, I keep my promises to myself. So that is actually how you... Um, change low self-worth is um, self-confidence is the process of keeping promises to yourself. You have confidence in yourself because you have shown up for yourself and now you trust yourself. So that's the way that you can actually rewire and build it is just to keep one small promise to yourself every single day and to recite, I keep my promises to myself. So maybe your promise to yourself this week is I'm going to take a 10 minute walk every day. And it's, it doesn't even have to be big or a lot. In fact, keep it really, really low because that's how you can make sure that you actually do it. And then you've built up your trust in yourself. I'm going to drink a glass of water every single morning before I have my morning coffee. And that can be your promise to yourself, whatever that might be. So your self-worth will actually grow with your actions. We think that we need to feel a certain way before we can act a certain way. But in reality, most of the time, our feelings actually follow our actions. If you want to change your state, you change the way that you feel. You can change your physicality, change your, change your body, change your actions, and then your emotions will follow. It's so silly, but they've done these, you know, studies, psychological studies where people will look at themselves in a mirror and just smile really big at themselves in the mirror. And they have electrodes hooked up to their brain. And then when they're smiling at them, themselves in the mirror, the part of their brain that feels happy, like the registering the emotion of happiness is firing. It's going off. So that's how you just change your feelings or change your emotional state through taking the action first. Same thing if you, you know, put out your favorite song or dance around the kitchen or whatever, then actually that's going to change the chemicals in your brain and you're going to be feeling a different way because you acted first. So your feelings will follow your actions. You feel like you have low self-worth, therefore I can't possibly act in a way that is different than that. Well, that's not true. You can actually act in a way that is showing respect to yourself, showing self-care to yourself. Even if you don't feel love for yourself, you can act in a way that is loving towards yourself. If you've been married for any given length of time or been in a partnership with another person, you know, that you love for any given length of time, do you feel love for that person every single day? Heck no. Sometimes you get annoyed with them. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like you hate them or that you don't, you don't like them very much. Right. But you still take the right actions every day 
um, you know, you still fold his laundry or for your kids too. You know, you still meet their needs. You still meet their basic needs because they're still a person that's worthy of dignity and love and respect no matter what. Well, the same is true for yourself. So you can follow those right actions even when you don't feel love for yourself, even when you don't feel self-confident, even when you don't feel worthy or high self-worth. And that is actually how you change your feelings, how you change your beliefs is by um, practicing taking on these new beliefs and then acting in alignment with those beliefs. And your brain, your reticular activating system is saying, oh, here's evidence of this belief. Let's remember that. And so then you've built that up over time and that's how you actually rewire your brain. So thank you guys so much for being here with me this morning and for tuning in for this series on emotional eating and setting boundaries and rewiring our brain to take on new beliefs that are actually serving us instead of just living on autopilot with these, um, you know, limiting beliefs or these toxic beliefs surrounding food, our weight, our bodies, and really so much more expansive than that about what we think we deserve um, in this world and what we think is right and what we think is wrong in terms of how well we're allowed to take care of ourselves. I hope you loved this episode. Remember to grab the free holiday guide and the free emotional eating class from the links in the show notes. If you're feeling generous too, and would like to give to me too, you can give me a review of this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also give me a review on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash the keto fit. It only takes a moment of your time and you have no idea how much it means to me. I'm a words of affirmation, love language person, and I absolutely treasure the words that you leave me. I do. I read them when I'm feeling low and it is pure rocket fuel for me. The reviews also help me to grow and to help more women. Seriously, I have had clients tell me that they just knew that they had to work with me after reading reviews. So it's really an amazing gift to me. You can also give me a referral by telling others about my podcast and about my coaching. And if you want to give more, you can even send me a tip of any amount at paypal.me slash the keto fit. I also hope that you'll give yourself the gift of investing in yourself and your health journey by working with me as your coach. You can learn more about my coaching services at theketofit.com. I work with clients one-on-one and I help you transform your life in eight weeks And I also have a self-coaching online course called the Self-Care Keto Mindset Masterclass. All the info, including my prices, are up on my website, and you can sign up for a completely free curiosity call. I would love to get to know you better and tell you more about how I could help you. If you're not yet following me on social media, make sure that you do. I'm on facebook.com slash theketofit, instagram.com slash theketofit, linkedin.com slash in slash theketofit. You can get encouragement and tips from me every single day. I also love engaging with you in my direct messages. And if you have a question, advice is always free. I'm cheering for you. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll see you next week here on the pod.